This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, what is up? Not much. Just like the current Bengals news. Nothing. You know, it's absolutely crazy because, um, you know, we go over some of the topics before we start recording a podcast and every week the national media somehow turned the Joe Burrow topic into news. Last week, I think it was a team friendly topic. This week it's, hey, Joe Burrow is going to be the highest paid quarterback and the talks are continuing with the Cincinnati Bengals. None of that is surprising. We don't know what the number looks like, but hey, it seems like a topic of discussion over on ESPN with Jeremy Fowler today. Yeah, well, look, if the national media is going to report extensions rather than trade rumors, I'm very happy. That that is, I think, the one nice thing you could take out of this is uh, a few months ago, it was consistently they can't afford anything. They're going to trade everything. And now it is extension talks and they want to keep these players. So that's something I feel like we kind of knew, but it's always nice to get the national people behind you rather than on the opposite side. Do you think Joe's waiting for Justin Herbert? Maybe. I don't know. It's definitely a cold war. I mean, Herbert's going to wait for Burrow. Burrow's going to wait for Herbert. Who gives up first? I don't know. Because whoever goes first ends up with less average per year, even if it's by half a million dollars. Whoever goes first is going to be the one that, you know, that's the contract that will then be beaten by the next one. So I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of goes like boom, boom, like uh, just, you know, a domino reaction there where one hits then the other. But I don't know about the specifics of waiting for Herbert. I think it's just waiting. It is waiting for Herbert. I don't think it has anything to do with Justin Herbert. It just has to do with he is in my stratosphere as a quarterback who is going to get paid like he's in my stratosphere as a quarterback. And I am a competitive guy, and I'd probably like to make more than him because I think I'm better than him. Yeah, and Joe has the resume right now. So I I think, you know, it's more of – it seems like the ball is rolling. The thing is, Jeremy Fowler is – He's obviously has an insider with the Cincinnati Bengals, but at the same time, we've already heard that they're they're both sides, both parties are keeping things pretty quiet. And other than that, the offer's probably been on the table. And when you put your first offer out there, I kind of like to think of it like this. I'm not in a room, so I don't know what's happening with contracts and NFL contracts, and I'm sure it's a lot different. But I think of it as you're going to the car dealership and you go in there and the salesman's like, here we go. Here's this offer. And you're like... All right, let me look at that a little bit. Let me let me talk with my people. Let me throw my my agents are going to review this and look at this. And they're like, nope, nope. We want to add this, this, and this to this car. Um, and then you just kind of go back and forth at just some of the. It could be little things. It could be, um, you know, what year to year looks like. Uh, we don't know. I think one of the things that I can't wait to see is just how many years it is. Because me personally, I keep saying it, but I think it's in total a six year extension. If it's more, then amazing. If it's less, maybe five years. Uh, but I just I think that's a smart move on Joe Burrow's part for the most part because he's going to get paid again. The quarterback market's going to be absolutely insane. Even next year when we talk about Trevor Lawrence, what that's going to look like year to year. Um, so getting another payday. I think one thing that that stood out, and maybe you know people have a different definition of of long term. But when he talked about T. Higgins and Logan Wilson, and he put them both in the category, he mentioned the word long term, and I kind of thought. A similar thing we'd see with the wide receiver group, at least it would be if, if they, you know, if it all happens that T Higgins would be a three to four year deal for them. That could be long-term four years, I think could be considered long-term three years and probably stretching the meaning of the word, but um, yeah, the one thing I'll say is I, I don't mind the car dealership analogy, but I do think it's the agent at the car dealership for the person. That's they're, true. Joe's not, not at the dealership. Yeah, Joe's not sitting there and then, you know, they're trying to put everything on his plate as if he's, you know, nothing against him. Maybe he does know everything, but, you know, the agent's paid to read that yeah. stuff, turn it into real language, English, and, uh, you know, get Joe Burrow's input and what he likes, what he doesn't like. So the agent and the car dealer, um, I don't know, would that be Katie Blackburn? 
Katie Blackburn. Sure. Katie Blackburn. Yeah. Katie Blackburn's new contracts dealership. <laughs> um, they're they're going at it, and uh, Burrow, you know, it's it's what you wish you had at the car dealership, though, right? Like they sit down, they read everything, they tell you like, nah, that's that's a bunch of nonsense. Don't get that, uh, and give you back, give it back to you. Like this is the best deal you're gonna get, or we can go find a better deal elsewhere. Man, I wish I had that. That'd be great. Me trying to read that stuff in real time while the guys trying to go like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever they're trying to sell you on. Oh, somebody, a lady one time left the dealership and wrecked it right outside the dealership. And that's why you got to get gap insurance or something. And it's just like, I don't know if this story's true. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's no, probably I'm actually, not. I'm actually the worst. I would be the worst agent because when I go to the car dealership, they'll tell me a number. I'm like, yep, that sounds great. Let's wrap this up because I don't want to be there all day. I know how annoying it is to be going back and forth with someone. And then you're like, well, let me, they'll talk to the financial department. They'll come back to you and say, well, this is what we're going to do. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's just sign on the dotted line and let's go. So I would be poorly paid in the NFL and um, I would get really less guarantees. I would, I wouldn't be a good representative at the car dealership, but yeah, I mean, if anything, it just all seems positive. I said it on our podcast last week. I, I can just appreciate that Joe Burrow mentioned it that they're keeping this stuff out of the media and uh, i like that none of the no, anything that's out in the media it's it's nothing crazy and it's not hurting both parties or anything like that it's all positive news it's just when does it happen and we're getting into june soon and i still i still feel like it's a july thing um you know if it's the first week of august would i be surprised not at all um i i do feel like at one point this offseason, I kind of felt like it was going to be T. Higgins first if they were able to get T. Higgins and then they could do the domino effect of how they want to structure Joe and Joe would be aware of the outline and they get T done then to Joe. But it just feels like Joe's going to be first and T and Logan Wilson if they get Logan Wilson done too. Yeah, I mean, whew, you hope that uh, everything gets done quick, everything gets done soon, but um You know, it's all going to play out in time. <laughs> it does sound, it does seem like the, the burrows, the domino, and then everything else falls, but everything plays out in time. I'm not going to get overly ambitious about like, oh, they're going to announce burrow and then T right after and Wilson right after. They just need to know how it all fits together. It's like, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, let the, let the horse guide the cart, not the, put the cart in front of the horse and have the horse hit it with its head. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see. There are people that work for the Bengals front office that'll get all that important stuff done. We're, we'll just be here to talk about it when it finally happens. And it's not, it hasn't happened yet. And none of that scares me or terrifies me at all. I just think I, I was actually, when Jalen Hurst signed his, I was impressed with how quickly that was done. Uh, but hey, when you see the number and you like the number, you get it done, then you sign on the dotted line. Credit to his reps and the Eagles front office. But I really think too much of it. And We'll see when it happens. Um, I like I like we've talked about. Uh, I would be. Oh, I personally would be pretty shocked if they go into the season without a Joe Burrow contract. Um, but hey, crazier things could happen, and you know that that happens with a lot of quarterback conversations. But I'm optimistic, and I just think it happens in the next couple months, and they get it done. They go into the season, and Joe Burrow has an MVP year. Just a guess. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens on that front. But they have been in their phase two of the workouts. Um, you know, it's fun to see the highlight video. Everybody looks to have a good time. The rookies are in town and they're with the vets now. Anything really standing out for you when it comes to phase two? Not really. <laughs> what about you? You got anything standing out? Oh, uh, I'll say this. Dan Horde. He is one of my favorites because I'm one of those people in the middle of the workday, you know, you like to recap. Hey, is anything happened on Twitter? Did I miss anything? Especially when they're working out and they're back at camp. Um, I call it camp, but everybody knows it's off-season program. I see Dan Horde's recap, and I think he does five things as far as his recap, and it's something different every time. Um, I want to say he does it every day for training camp, but so far it's been weekly, and he'll just recap because it's only open to the media on Tuesdays. So he's there to see what's going on, and he'll tell you everything. I mean, it could be you know, coaches on the sidelines, what they're doing, rookies. Um, I, I liked today when he said Joe Mixon called um, Andre um, – Princeton. Yossi Vosh. Yossi Vosh. Yeah. You know what? His name, his last name is easier to say. Yossi Vosh. But I like Yoshi. 
um, because I'm a big Mario fan. But at the same time, I, I kind of like just reading his recaps of what what we could have missed, what we're not seeing behind the scenes. Obviously, Bengals Twitter is not going to go out there and put everything that they're doing uh, when it comes to their workouts. But I can appreciate that. Obviously, Dan Hort's a great follow, and he's a big part of the Bengals organization. So, uh, yeah, nothing stands out, honestly. Um, I just – Joe Burrow throws the ball to T. Higgins. Joe Burrow throws the ball to Charlie Jones. Charlie Jones punt returning. That stands out. Okay. Yeah. I predicted that would probably happen. Not that I'm, you know, doing any breaking news here. It's just he was a really good punt returner. I assume they'll use him in that until he's a full-time starting receiver, as long as he can do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I am notoriously not the hype machine that a lot of people are. So I see these things and I just kind of go like, yeah, sure. Oh, Yossi Voss caught a deep ball unguarded without pads. Sick. And I just kind of move on. <laughs> I don't turn it into like, he's a deep threat that this team's been missing. So you're not like one of those people in training camp who won training camp when Josh Malone was going to be like the star wide <laughs> receiver that one year. And we were like, oh, OK, well, maybe it's maybe it's going to be him. Who, who was the guy that started week one with John Ross and A.J. Green? That was a preseason monster. Oh, no. Damian Willis. Yes. Yeah. No, it started with a D. I was like, hold on. Remember, remember. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about training camp. Uh, and also Jackson Carmen's a really good candidate for that right now because he did it last year. The, the veggie you know? pizza. I remember all this. He showed up. Ooh, he's ready to go. He's in shape. He's eating veggie pizza. And then we didn't see him until very late. And then he did perform much better than expected, but it's happening again. Every year, is he coming in slimmer? What's he what, What's he going to be at in five years? Like 250? Is he going to be playing linebacker? He's, oh, he's looking slimmer. He's looking better than ever. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always a storyline. And you know what? Fans are ready. It, it, it's, it does go with uh, the other end is what? I feel like every year they go, T. Higgins looks bigger. It's like, I think you just forgot how big that guy is. Well, I saw it with Tua today because Tua was at uh, oh, his workout. Yeah. And he's like 212 or something like that. And they're like, oh, I could really tell in a good way. It looks great. And I'm just like, wait, just, I just, overall, at the end of the day, just won football games. And then we'll, we'll talk about that. But at this, at this moment, fans are excited. Um, you know, I was thinking about it with just the, the last two off seasons and going from the Super Bowl, going to the AFC Championship game. And you have excitement surrounding this team with Joe Burrow and obviously all of his weapons. So anything they do right now, it's going to be fun for a lot of fans and they're just ready for football because football is a 24-7 sport. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say that's the only thing that's really standing out right now. And then Brad Robbins, I know you're going to have a story on him later. We won't, we won't give a timeline on when that's coming out, but his hang time, Looking good out there. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that is up everything right now. Uh, well, that is what you draft him for is hang time and directional punting. So the hang time looking good. I felt like it would translate, but I have read before the balls are different. There is like a reason not to get into that, uh, you know, like get into like, Oh, his hang time was this. So then it's going to be that for some reason, it doesn't always translate. And I think it has to do with like the ball is different. The way they punt is different. There's all that rugby style punting in college. And now in the NFL, it is strictly catch NFL style, two-step punt type thing. So it's cool to see that it translated. It probably was going to, but you want to see. And then I guess the real test is going to be preseason. Can he do it with guys trying to rush at him? And can he hold the ball when, you know, the bullets are flying, those type of things. Cause it is a different world. Even if, even in practices where they're trying to send guys live at you and whatnot, it's a different world when the actual guys are coming at you. And that's also true for the regular season versus the preseason. So I guess that's the first real, real test, but each test is an incremental step to say that this hang time is probably good. <laughs> you can do it without pads and then you'll put the pads on and, he does it again. He does it in the preseason, and then he does it in the regular season, and you're good. Yeah. Well, workouts continue for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, it's almost June, and then you'll get some more of the mandatory camp in there before they hit the field again for training camp, uh, preseason action in August, and everybody knows what happens in September. I do want to get – I want to go over the Ring of Honor because that's always a hot topic, and the Bengals are going into year three for this, and it's always really exciting who people think will be voted in, and I think it's really cool the Cincinnati Bengals, and I, I know how fans feel – allowing the season ticket holders uh, to vote on that process. And we'll go over some of the candidates for that and more of the NFL rule changes next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The Bengals quietly put out their Ring of Honor votes. They know that some of the season ticket holders screenshot it, put it out on social media and said, hey, these are the people that are up for the Ring of Honor this year. And if you look at other organizations, and I know I, people will tell me the Bengals are behind in, on this, and I'm not living in the past. I'm excited about the future and what they've been able to do over the last two years with it because I think it's great because you you look at these guys that are get voting in voting into the Ring of Honor, you say, hey, maybe this will help the NFL honor them if their own team is starting to honor them. And I'm still holding out hope that Willie Anderson's going to be in the class next year. Um, you know, Ken Riley was was able to get in. And then you look at this year's candidates, and it always kind of feels like an old school guy. And I would say semi-new, but Chad Johnson's going to be old school, you know, soon, just because it's been a minute since he put on a Bengals uniform. But what do you think? Or what do you think about this list? And who do you think is going to make it? Ooh. Think I think Chad makes it. I just think he's popular with old and young fans. Although I think sometimes he does get typecast as like the young fans pick. But I mean, he was drafted in what two thousand one. That was twenty two years ago. So it is not just young fans anymore. You know, there are older fans that you know not grew up, but you know they were in their twenties when Chad was playing, and now they're in their forties. That's totally makes sense why they would vote for him. Um. For the other one, if it was me, and I want to know, actually, I'm not going to give my answer. Who would you pick as your two? It doesn't even have to be Chad. Like, who who would you pick as your as your two? I don't want to. I don't know if I could predict the two that it will be because I don't think it's obvious. It, it isn't obvious, and that's what I love about it because it allows you know a semi the the younger generation and, and the older fans to say this guy should be voted in or this guy should be voted in. I see the Tim Crum rise out there and, and he was before my time. So I never watched Tim Crum and there are a lot of players or there are a lot of players who are up for the ring of honor. I've never watched play football in the NFL. Chad Johnson was what I grew up watching when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. He made rooting for this team a lot of fun when he was on the field and, you know, they weren't winning all the time, but there are a lot of things that stand out for me personally. When I think of Chad Johnson, I promise I'll make my pick soon before I ramble on too much. It was primetime football came back to Cincinnati. Uh, October, I'm butchering the date. It was maybe the 24th in 2004. And I was allowed to skip school the next day. So I went to the game and the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Denver Broncos, Chad Johnson, burnt Champ Bailey for a touchdown. And it was the coolest thing ever for it to be so loud in the stadium. I remember Michelle Tafoya was on the sidelines and she had this meter that could measure the stadium and tell you how loud it was. And she said, you know, this is bad for your ears, how loud it is in Cincinnati right now. I remember, uh, you know, when they had Sunday night football return to Cincinnati, it was all really cool. But Chad Johnson, he was the funny guy. He was doing the touchdown celebrations and paying the officials just for fun after the post um, touchdown celebrations, which I wish players could still do. And they don't go crazy in the NFL for anymore. I, I think of him and that's just easy. Chad Johnson, and I think it's for the older generation and the younger generation. So I think he's my easy pick. Um, I do think it feels like the popular name, and I'm not saying that he's a slam dunk pick, but I think it's going to be Boomer. Uh, I, I think you go those two routes with this year's class, but I will say this. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals make the rules with their ring of honor, and I think it's – and, and I, I don't want to criticize it because I think it's awesome that they could do a ring of honor, but Dave Lapham – does so much for this organization. I think that they could get away with saying, Hey, let's, and I know, we, I, I, I know, you know, some people feel this player should be in or this player should be in, but I think they could get away with putting Boomer, Chad Johnson and putting Dave in as an honorary member too, because he does it all. And I know a lot of Bengals fans and people around the franchise really respect Dave Lapham. And he's obviously great in the booth too with Dan. I just think that, he should be in the ring of honor. And it's just, it makes me a little bummed that he's not already in there. And I just know it's a hard decision for them to make. I know I'm only allowed to pick two and I picked three, but I'm adding one more because I'm breaking all the rules when I'm deciding who should be in there. Corey Dillon. Oh, he's one of my favorites. And a lot of Bengals fans, I'm going to leave room for you to talk on this segment, but a lot of Bengals fans think, oh, why would the Bengals bring him back? They they can't. Uh, they had a bad relationship. He left in, in, a, in a really um, a bad way. But 
Corey Dillon was back in 2017 for the 50th anniversary and um, had a chance to talk to him. And he said that he's like, look, we're working on our relationship. And, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but but they're mending what what, you know, how it ended in Cincinnati. And I joked with him. I said, well, why didn't you bring that Super Bowl ring back to Cincinnati just to say, look what I got when I was with the New England Patriots? And he said he's ne- he would never do something like that. He has it hidden somewhere safe, um, but he would never you know bring it back to Cincinnati and be like, I left here and I got a Super Bowl. Um, he's just he's he's one of those people where he was so talented. He's the reason I became a Bengals fan. I mean, breaking the yard rushing record versus Denver Broncos. I was like, I love football. This is so cool. Gatorade bath on the video board. Uh, so I, I don't really have an answer for you. <laughs> I would say those are my four and I can't decide. Did who, who are you going? OK, those are all great picks. So we agree on Chad go for to- sure. Um, yeah, uh, definitely agree on him. I mean, he made the Bengals cool, and that was when I was growing up. So I guess I am the younger fan. Sometimes people will complain about, but yeah, growing up, like he made the Bengals cool. Like it, it, you know, uh, everybody knew him. Everybody liked. You know, well, I can't say everybody liked the dances because I grew up in Pittsburgh Browns territory, and they may not have loved the dances. Although you know, some of them would just be like, "Yeah, the dances are fun," <laughs> type thing. Mm-hmm. But some of them would be like, "It's cocky. I like Heinz Ward because he just lays dirty <laughs> hits." <laughs> uh, but um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and look, it's not just about that type of thing. It's also, he was really good when he played. He didn't have the longevity, but he was on a hall of fame trajectory. He is, I believe the only receiver I, oh man, should double check this, but he has, I'll just say this part. In the mid-2000s, as kind of a golden age for wide receivers when you think about who was there, you know, you have Randy Moss and Terrell Owens, who I think on most lists are number two and number three all time, right after Jerry Rice. And then you also get Marvin Harrison, who was an awesome receiver catching balls from Peyton Manning, so his stats were crazy. You have, you know, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, Heinz Ward, all these, like, great receivers that are borderline hall of famers chad johnson two-time first time first team all pro despite that and one time second team and went to five straight pro bowls six total he led the league in receiving yards one year he ends up with eleven thousand receiving yards he doesn't have the other volume stats to carry him in there but he was a dominant player when he played it wasn't just the dances it wasn't just he made them cool it wasn't just all of that uh, when you look at those mid 2000s receivers, two first team all pros, I mean, that's more than Isaac Bruce ever had. And Isaac Bruce is in the Hall of Fame a little bit for longevity, but four Pro Bowls for Isaac Bruce. Chad has more. He has more first team and second team all pros. Um, then when you just look around those guys, when you, excluding Terrell Owens and Randy Moss, I think his peak could be the best out of anybody. And when you want to get in the minutia of it, his release and route running is, I think, the best or second best I've ever seen. The only other guy that comes close was the guy he trained with a lot in Antonio Brown and the ability to, you know, keep yourself clean on the release and break and do all that other stuff. So all that to say, yeah, he should make it. And also just, I also think that part of the reason he should make it is just he's been very vocal as kind of a Bengals ambassador, even though I don't think they have asked him to do that. He just knows, like, especially, you know, during the dark times, <laughs> uh, you know, they need somebody like that. So I'm all about him making it. That said, there's so many interesting cases other than him. I would probably go with Boomer, and I know that is what you said, the other popular choice. Won an MVP award, um, led them to a Super Bowl. There is a lot of reason to go with him. I know he left for New York and then he came back and it's all messy. But end of the day, I think he still does like the organization. I think back um, when Joe Burrow wasn't drafted yet, and <laughs> Boomer gave him a Bengals helmet <laughs> and said, like, get ready for to wear this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, you know, I think when they're good, you know, he doesn't like when they're bad. And I feel like people take that to heart a little bit. I think it's just him being frustrated. No different than when, you know, you're a fan and you complain that the team's bad. Uh, So 
Not that they're good. It seems like he's the one picking them to make the Super Bowl. The only one to pick them to beat the Chiefs. Uh, so at, at his heart, I think it's still there. You know, he's still, he still has a lot of love for the Bengals. Not that that's a prerequisite to making it. I think the MVP, he also made the Bengals kind of cool in the 80s. <laughs> you know, that's at least... What, that's why my mom was a fan was that uh, this is a big sidebar to just talk about this. My mom, lived, my mom lived in Cincinnati for a little bit and she was a manager at a McDonald's and who came through the drive through but Boomer Esiason while he was the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals and his sunglasses and she didn't know who he was. <laughs> and then somebody's like, do you know who you just served? She's like, no, nah, I have no idea. You look cool. It's like, that was Boomer Esiason. He's the quarterback for the Bengals. It's like, oh, and then she started watching. It's like, I like them. <laughs> Uh, but got bad right after but we ignore that um but yeah you know he also was kind of like i think ken anderson was a better quarterback but who made the Bengals, you know seem more popular was probably boomer but like i said that's not super important i think the mvp leading them to a super bowl all of that stuff is why he should make it i do think lapham's probably next and it's not just because of what he did as a player but everything you talked about within the booth you know, working with the Bengals post-retirement, all of that probably gives him a leg up on a lot of these other guys. It does kind of stink. They keep doing two a year because I just keep going like there's like four guys you can put. They're so behind. It's so logjam that you've only been doing this three years. Willie Anderson should have been first ballot and Isaac Curtis has a good case to be first ballot. So those guys all make sense. I think... Corey Dillon does make sense, but he feels like a next year thing. Mm-hmm, I, don't I, think, I don't think you could get Dillon in there instead of Johnson, just in that era of players, like which one would the people vote for? I think would be Chad. And then do you put two more recent guys in, or are you going to try to at least get one of those older guys in? And even if you just look at them without that case, Boomer probably has a better case. Lapham with his post-playing career probably has a better case. I would add some guys that wouldn't shock me and I think have good cases. Lamar Parrish, although he's kind of also in that Corey Dillon didn't leave on the best of terms, a really good corner for them. And you just did the Ken Riley thing. I feel like it would kind of be cool to get the other corner from that era in there. A big reason that their defense was so good back then. And then, I mean, this one, I know why people aren't going to be as into it but i feel like chris collinsworth has a case (laughs) it might not be yet but i do think he's right there with Corey dillon for me i think he'd be right there with Corey dillon for the case and probably with uh, lamar paris just he was very good think whatever you will of him as an announcer (laughs) but playing career i think it was I think he was a very good playing career. I think he's right there with Isaac Curtis when they played together. Curtis got in uh, in the second wave. So those would be all the guys I'd look at. Not to say nobody else deserves to make it. I'm not going to be shocked if a Tim Crumry makes it. or um, it's not. I guess it would be weird if Max Montoya made it over Dave Lapham. They're probably similar players. And then you probably think Dave has the upper hand with everything he's done since then not that max has been bad or anything it's just dave's work with the team so ty goes to the guy that's working with the team um but he deserves to make it eventually too i think give all the love to those offensive linemen get them all in there okay so you say that and i love that both of us were like here's like four people that we think will get voted. yeah when's whitworth Um, available he's probably gonna be (laughs) you know what that should be easy. I know how th- it's all. Everyone feels. You think people won't love that? No, no, no. I think they will. I think okay, they will. Okay. I think. I think Andrew Whitworth, as soon as he's on the list, they they put him in in that class. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest with you, and he deserves it because Andrew Whitworth did amazing things in Cincinnati. And I'm I'm honestly, it's just it's bittersweet that he didn't win a ring with with the Bengals and you know win playoff games. Uh, to be completely honest, and you know, yeah, I'm. I think that's the easiest decision you can make on a ring of honor is Andrew Whitworth. Um, Do you think some of the guys you had mentioned previously, and we talk about how, you know, hopefully that helped them get Ken Riley. in. I mean, that was, that was one of the coolest moments when Ken Riley was, and it's just unfortunate that the pro football hall of fame waited so long. It's it's, I will always kind of hold that against pro football hall of fame for, for not allowing Ken Riley to see that. Um, But, but we look at Willie Anderson, who I feel like should have been in before, but he's, 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 
maybe it's this class. Uh, when you look at guys like, and this is kind of a long shot because I know how people feel in the position group, but guys like Corey Dillon and, and, and Chad Johnson, do you ever see that as being an opportunity in the Hall of Fame? Because they're on the oh, long list. Man. I think I think Chad should definitely be considered, but the longevity is going to keep him out. And to go with the longevity, not every writer is going to love him. And, you know, it's it's a lot of old men it that is. don't love fun that are going to be voting on this thing. So until that gets changed, Chad's fighting an uphill battle. Corey, it stinks he was on some of those teams. If he was with the Patriots the entire time, I hate to say this, but he's probably in there. He probably gets the stats. He probably gets everything. Look at that one year he had in New England, and you're just like, man. I I wish the team didn't fail around him. And that's the biggest thing. I know there was plenty of success that he had in Cincinnati, but never anything. I don't think he ever went to the playoffs in Cincinnati. I don't think he ever had a winning record in Cincinnati. I don't think the people were really paying attention. And then he goes to New England and has an insane year topped with an awesome Super Bowl run. And, you know, it's it just makes you think of like, man, I I would – in the moment, it would be probably one of the worst things that the you know the Bengals franchise has gone through, and he definitely wouldn't be in the Ring of Honor if he left earlier. But it does like he would probably be in the Hall of Fame. That that is just where I think with it. I don't think he's going to make it just because of not getting the recognition when he was in Cincinnati, and that's not really fair. But that's these you know bad teams don't get voted for Pro Bowls and All Pros and all this other stuff. That's why Willie Anderson's also fighting an uphill battle, even though he was the best right tackle of his generation. It's just bad teams don't get the recognition. That's what's great about being good now is all these players are going to get the recognition they deserve. Um, but yeah, my, my thoughts on that are both Hall of Fame caliber talents, but neither one probably makes it sadly. One of the coolest things, though, is the Cincinnati Bengals doing this another year in a row because you don't they don't have to. They could skip a year and say, you know what, it'll be bi yearly. It'll be you I know, already every... think it's a bi I already think it's backlogged. I can't believe they yes, skipping a year they're like catching a, up. Yeah, let's toss Gino and Whitworth in this one. <laughs> they're catching up right now. They're catching up with everybody else. And and you know what? It credit to Elizabeth Blackburn. She is a big reason that we're in year three of the Bengals Ring of Honor. And I agree with you. It, it's it's unfortunate it's only two, but hey. Right now, this is progress, and it's amazing that it's happening at the success rate we're seeing around the Cincinnati Bengals' current team. Um, it's just all really good vibes, and yeah, it'll be fun to see who gets voted in. I, I feel like they announced that um, before the season starts, and then it's obviously um, sometimes a primetime football game or in September, so we'll see when that game and they are recognized. But next, I want to talk a little bit about NFL rule changes on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Really enjoy talking about the Ring of Honor, a little Hall of Fame talk with the Cincinnati Bengals. Next, NFL rule changes. And this is... I feel a certain way about it when it was voted the Thursday night football flex. I know it's not the whole entire season. It's a little bit later and they do have to give 28 days advance notice and teams won't play two away Thursday night football games. So that's semi good news for the Cincinnati Bengals because they already have a Thursday night football game versus the Baltimore Ravens on the schedule. So if they do get flexed late in the season, that will won't be if they it'll only be for a home game. Uh, so there's a little bit of optimism there, but how do you feel about Thursday night football flex? It's all about ratings and money. Terrible. That seems like a terrible idea, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just get, you know, short note. You get a little bit of notes, you get a month, but uh, you're not going to have, you're going to have a short week. And I actually did when I listened to, because I do like the new Heights podcast, friends of the show, Travis and well, Jason yeah, Kelsey, at least extended Hopefully. friend of the show <laughs> and by extension, Travis. <laughs> no, I mean, I, Travis friend of the show. Sure. Why not? I know <laughs> chief now, but a bear cat at heart, um, <laughs> relative of friend of the show. Thank you, Nick. Uh, but friend of the show, Jason Kelsey, they talked about, they look for that Thursday night game. Cause they actually like it. They like the Thursday night game. Cause it gives you a mini buy after. So I thought that was interesting. So, um, yeah, maybe it is decent for the teams. Main thing I think of as an out-of-towner is if I planned 
on coming to Cincinnati for a Thursday night game. And they just went, eh, it's on Sunday. It's like, that's hard to switch. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, uh, now I need to, you know, extend the hotel three days. Uh, what's that? <laughs> you know, just, just $500 or something. Um, I just think it, and then the other way around is even worse, where if you plan your day around going and getting there Saturday and going to the game on Sunday, uh, it's on Thursday now and you already bought your ticket, huh? <laughs> It's like, I can't do that. I work on weekdays. I can't just tell them, well, some places let you go a month in advance. But yeah, I, I think of the out-of-town fan of having a terrible... And the in-town fan doesn't have a good experience with this either. I'm sure I'm sure you don't want to work Friday if you plan on going to the Thursday night game. Or if you, know, you plan on going to the Sunday game and then they suddenly spring it on you on Thursday or the other way around. Either way. Just a nightmare logistically. Well, uh, for the players, the... I'm open to hearing why this is okay. I don't know how I feel though, because I just think that short week is just a, it's just a way. To, I've heard other players talk about how that's a way to get, you know, that's a lot of injuries. Um, that short week and not being able to rest fully from your Sunday uh, game. So the Bengals, their bye is really early this season. I felt like over the last two years, it really felt at a great time on the schedule, but it's it's early. So I think of the Thursday night football game when they play the Baltimore Ravens November 16th as another mini bye before you get into the really tough stretch of November and December. And hopefully everybody's healthy and we're talking about playoff position by then. So if you look at their schedule when the flex could be a possibility, and it has to be a home game because they already have that away one, it looks like the Colts – the Vikings, and I can't remember if they have Thursday night football before the last regular season game of the season. I don't think they do. I think they wrap it up before, or maybe it is week 17. Famously, we do a lot of research on the show. We do a lot of research on the show, um, and, and you know, while we're talking, but, but I just, if things go as planned and the Bengals are good, I feel like the Vikings would be the only possibility is the flex if they and were. The Vikings would have to be good for that too. Yeah. There's there's some they were really good last year, but um, you know, you never know year to year. There could be an injury. It could just be the defensive coordinator change isn't work well, their defense kinda of stunk last year. <laughs> so I don't know if it could get worse with Brian Flores, who I think is a really good defensive coordinator. But maybe the offense regresses. I don't know. There's a way that they, they get worse. So they have to also be good. That does seem like a prime candidate for some type of flex, though. Um, was that one listed as TBD on the time? There were a few. It is. It yep. is. Yep. 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 That's a very prime candidate to get flex somehow. I wonder. I feel like they didn't used to do that TBD on all those games on the time. Uh, I don't know if I'm wrong on that, but I wonder if that's at all related to the Thursday thing. I know they're saying it's on Sunday, but if they the don't give the time. One. It's the only one that says TBD on it because the other ones have oh, their boy. times. And that that is just the NFL saying, you know what? We won't tell you what this TBD means. We This is probably going to be one of our flexed games, which here, I will say this because I've already said it. I think the NFL and I look, we're not saying anything, everything people know. It's all about money and ratings. That's all they care about. They, they don't care about player safety. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, I guess more people are going to watch Thursday Night Football, the Prime Channel, all of that fun stuff. But I will, I'll be optimistic on this end. It would be another primetime game for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have four for a reason. They didn't get their maxed games. If they move that to Thursday Night Football, everybody remembers what the Dolphins game was like in Cincinnati last year. And it was pretty crazy and fun. And it's it's great atmosphere at Paycor Stadium. Uh, for that. So I think that would be pretty fun. But at the same time, I think about the fans, you know, and, and even the players, how are, how do they feel? Do they want, you know, that short week when they're in late December before the final two regular season weeks of the season after you play Thursday night football? Maybe, maybe they will feel a certain way and you get two or many buys um, with an early buy in regular season. So I don't know. I just, I, I love, I love this about Mike Brown. Uh, I, I want to say it was him and maybe seven other teams that voted no against it. They didn't want it. But when Mike Brown does that, when he's voting against an NFL rule, it always feels like he's on an island and everybody else is voting the other way. And he's like, nope, this is what we want. And and it, and now it all starts to make sense that it really does feel like it's going to be that Vikings game. But they do have to let you know almost a month in advance. So that's a little tricky. And maybe that's why they make it week 13 through 17 when they can do the flex. Because you'll know what the people are, you know, are doing that by that time if they're a good team or a bad team. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, things change quick in the NFL too. I mean, a month in advance and you flex into a Thursday night game and then Kirk Cousins gets hurt and now you're not playing Kirk Cousins. You're playing – I can't name their backup quarterback. Kellen Mond still? I don't know. Good guess. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, but you're playing somebody like that and now it's flexing the Thursday night and they get stomped or something. It, it, things do change quick. You know, it, it's an it, injury-filled league, sadly. But – High contact sport. Um, I don't know. I don't like it much yeah. at all. Uh, I do like the flex in the Monday night. I think that one's fine. But... Yeah, I'm okay with Mon- Monday night football. I hate Sunday night football. I hate <laughs> it with passion. I'm grateful that it's in Cincinnati this year for Sunday night football. But it's Nick Mullins. Uh, oh, Nick says friend that of for the, the show. Big... Yep, friend of the show, Nick Mullins. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, you could have told me anybody and I would have said, yep, that's the backup quarterback for the Vikings. Cause a uh, backup quarterback's not really, uh, familiar with everybody's Scott roster. Right Tolzien. It's still Joe yeah. Webb somehow. Uh, okay. We need uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, totally random, but Josh Johnson, another friend of our show, he is Bengals legend. Perfect example. Perfect example of just being a good backup quarterback and keep getting that, that dollar bag. I mean, every single time that, that money bag, every Sadly, year. he doesn't get the life of the fun backup quarterback that never does anything though. It feels like he yeah, always has to play in at least one game and he got hurt last year in that game. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy. I told you, I, I've already, we randomly were talking about Josh Johnson on this podcast. Maybe it was because of the playoffs or something, but he did teach me how to throw a football on a beyond the stripe show. And, uh, and he, he obviously knows how to throw a football. He's still in the league. Uh, so good for Josh Johnson. We're happy for him. And we feel two thumbs down on Thursday night football flex scheduling. Not a big fan of it, but hey, they're going to keep changing this. And Roger Goodell even said today, I'm not sure if you heard this. This was uh, today's news at their meetings that he isn't against three straight games in London for a team. The Jags. They're already playing two. I know. <laughs> Just put him in another one. Put him there. If it was Cincinnati, furious. <laughs> I would be like, no. Especially because you have Trevor Lawrence now. And and I'll say this. I think it's so awesome that... uh, The Jacks aren't bad enough to get relegated to London anymore. Yeah, this is why that decision was made prior to, hey, they were going to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but I think it's awesome. I think seeing the stadiums at the the Wembley Stadium and then obviously adding Germany and they had Mexico City last year, it's all really cool. But if you're putting a team there when you're season ticket holders and, and, and the possibility of three straight games there, uh, and one I would think would be a road game if you're already taking two home games away. But yeah, that would be absolutely crazy uh, for them to do. But Roger Goodell, again, really just... It's all, it's all whatever Roger Goodell wants. And when it comes to rule changes, they could change the rules at any time. So I don't think the rules are ever going to stay the same in, in the regular season for the NFL. But there is another one when it comes to kickoffs. It feels like kickoffs are eventually just going to be long gone, and it makes me really sad. What did you think about the new uh, fair catch rule? Uh, it feels like the NFL wants to almost get rid of the kickoff, but they know that it is so ingrained to the game and uh, the fans and, you know, it does, there's sparks of electricity when there's a big return type thing that they'll never actually get rid of it. They just keep, you know, shaving off a little bit of the injury risk. (laughs) Don't return these kicks. (laughs) You know, like this is where the most injuries happen, but they can't fully get rid of it. Yeah, it's it, every year. It's always it's something wild. I remember the Chargers. They um, I don't know if it was this off season or right when regular season ended. They wanted to um, they wanted a reseeding of the playoff seedings after because some of the you know the NFC just feels so lopsided, and then some you know bad AFC. We were thinking about maybe the AFC South at that moment. That after. You get your division winners, you reseed everyone, and I I don't know. I think they wanted to do something different. Like maybe you won the division and you weren't getting the the fourth seed. You were going to get the seventh seed if you were bad. And the NFL said, no, we don't care about that. Hmm. That's all I got. (laughs) 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 Rule rule changes. We're hitting the dead period of the rule changes in the NFL. And Where do you um, stand on the XFL – Extra points, extra point system. Do you know about it? Oh, you'll have to explain it. 
Okay, uh, there are no kicking for the extra point. Uh, one point is from two yards out, two points is from five yards, and you can go for a three-point extra point from 10 yards out. 100%. It's, 100%. it's fun. It's fun. Three points? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, nobody – I don't think anybody's really gone for the three-pointer, but I wonder – that is one thing that I would love – I don't think the analytics community is going to waste their time on the XFL, but I would love to know, like, is actually going for the three pointer? Like every time this is the type of analytics stuff I, I really like to enjoy is like, would that be the actual optimal path is to go for a 10 yard three pointer every time you go uh, and try to score because it's so many points or do you just go like, there's no extra point now. Uh, so I feel like, the one pointer probably isn't the right call. I feel like it's probably the two or the three, but oh, coaches, I think coach mind is going to be like, we feel good about our one point play. It's only two yards. So they're going to try for that one. You know, you know where I wish that was uh, an option and what game I wish that would have been a possibility for the Cincinnati Bengals. What was that? This is pretty easy. You, I wish that would have been an option for the Cincinnati Bengals when it comes to an extra point. After the touchdown, what, where do you, where, what game do you think? The Steelers, week one. Just, Long know, snappers out. That changed everything. We we probably thought it at the time, like, yeah, this game, we're, it's going to come back and haunt the Cincinnati Bengals, but it still does for me personally because you remember, you you, you can probably see it on Twitter, the GIF, and it has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase doing their, the little pinky yeah. thing because they just scored. And they were like, all right, here we go. Extra point for the win. And then that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah. Look, don't throw four interceptions in the first half and play like doo And then you'll win You'll win that oh, game no. 10 times out of 10 times. <laughs> Just throw two. Just throw two. Um, no, I, I do wonder about that. What is the thought process that went behind the extra point got blocked mm-hmm. right and then they still settled for the field goal in overtime to try to end that why didn't i don't know monday morning quarterbacking i still stand by i think mitch wilcox for a guy who is not trained at yeah. least right now to be a long snapper did fine i thought those snaps were acceptable the real issue was that they had a blocking flub and Normally it doesn't matter because the ball gets back there so fast and the process is so quick, but you're asking a guy who's probably long snapping at maybe a high high school level, which is better than the center or somebody else could do. It's a completely different thing. The center never snaps the ball that far. It's two hands versus one hand. There's a whole thing about it. I was a backup center and a backup long snapper. So I know both. Um, But yeah, I, I still feel bad. He got so much hatred for that performance. And it's like, He's the one guy that he tried to step up and do it. Like, yeah. And it got back there. He didn't snap it over anybody's head or skip it back there. It was just, you know, either a little bit high or too slow. So, look, that is my final rant. It's just Mitchell Wilcox, he doesn't deserve all the hate he got for attempting to be the long snapper and doing an okay job. Like, for an NFL guy, bad. For any player that's not a long snapper – Fantastic. Great job. You got it back there. No problem. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I feel about the whole situation. But um, but yeah, NFL rule change. We'll see how it impacts this upcoming season with the kickoff returns. Um, I don't know. I, I agree. I think eventually they're just going to say, hey, we're done with it. Uh, but they're slowly, slowly getting there. And we both say, no, Thursday night football flex. It's all thumbs down. But I do credit. I will credit the NFL for them only doing it week 13 through 17. And now it all makes sense about that Vikings game. And I can't stop thinking about how that's going to be flexed. Really cold game, too. It's in December. Thursday night football at uh, at Paycor Stadium. Right before they get into the stretch of the Vikings, they'll play the Steelers the next week. They'll play the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they play the Cleveland Browns to, to end the season. So it'll be it'll be wild to see how that turns out. I know you're busy on all Bengals, but you're also taking a break. You're going to be in Cincinnati this weekend. I sure will. Uh, for the people that are listening at this late in the show, uh, I'll yeah, be if you a, made uh, it this late. I mean, credit to you. Credit to you. Meet me Saturday evening. I don't really have a specified time, 
and I'll get into that in a second. But I'll be at the Ryan Geist Brewery in OTR. Uh, this is not an official thing. They, I don't, they don't know. <laughs> I'm telling people to meet me there. You know, just I'm be hanging out there. You show up, and I'll, I'll hang out with you. Uh, maybe play some ping pong. I see they have that. I've been once. Uh, some cornhole. Get some teams going. I don't know. Two people. Cornhole. Is it still a team? I think it's still a team. Anyway, the reason I'm going is just because my fiance has never been to Kings Island or the water park, which used to be Australian themed. I don't think it is anymore. When I was a kid and I went, it was like the bungalow. <laughs> yes, yes. What are they called? <laughs> They're like the a bungalow in all southern Australia. No, it's not oh my goodness I'm i have crazy. tickets for it but i don't know the cincinnati water park name i'm googling it um but we're gonna be doing both uh i don't think it's the coney island water park that's the it's soak not. city soak yep. city there we go king's island and soak city you probably will not find me there because i assume it's going to be packed on memorial day weekend but hopefully the brewery's not no, you'll go go uh, to Ryan Guys. Everybody should join them on. You said Saturday, and then mm-hmm. Kings Island. You should get the blue ice cream. Blue uh, ice cream. Where, like, where? What? What? You didn't. That's like the famous thing at Kings Island. Blue ice cream. You'll see it anywhere. My you'll see it anywhere. It's my like mom didn't drink. help me at all. I know there's yeah, like three drink. skylines in there. Yeah, when you get your blue ice cream, you'll do a little photo on your Twitter with your blue ice cream and say, and people will be like, you'll say, where am I? And everyone will know where you're at. Oh, um, okay. All right, I'm in. Total I thought favorite. the entire ice cream thing was just graders, which there's one in Pittsburgh. I had no idea. Oh, graders is the best. That's a whole nother show topic. And the good news is we haven't hit June yet. So maybe ice cream will be a topic. At <laughs> the best ice cream places in Cincinnati. <laughs> we'll hit on that too. Uh, but you have great stuff over on all Bengals outside of traveling. What is up there? What is coming in the next few days? <sighs> I'm going to get a Chase Brown article up at some point. Um, it may be a break after that. Uh, yeah. I, I just feel the the burn, burnt out end of the the senioritis. I don't know of the year. The burnt out of the year. It's like you're in the school year and you see June first, but you're still supposed to be going to school the next week, even though it's pointless. Uh, that's kind of where I am. I'm like, ah, I need to do this Chase Brown article. I've got all the videos. I've watched everything. I just need to write. <laughs> I just haven't done that. Um, blaming travel. I'm blaming travel, but I'll hopefully have that up within the next week. At least that long weekend gives me a long time because I'm getting back Sunday. So maybe Monday I'll do it before I go to the pool. Yeah, there you go. Do some work over on all Bengals. You, you can follow them along on, on Twitter, Bengals underscore stands. I'm Lindsay at Ellen Diaz Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Bye.